All right, my friends, welcome. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. This is Ryan Lee, and today is a very special opportunity for me to share a message with you. And, you know, really, I do a lot of podcasts, and we talk about a lot of different things, but my favorite, my favorite conversations are when I get to sit down and talk with a member of the Cashflow Tactics community. Uh, this gives me an opportunity to see how the strategy is translating in real life in someone else's experience with their dollars, with their goals, with with their mindsets and their abilities. And today is a really special opportunity because I get to interview Ramses. Now, uh, at Casual Tactics, we've been in this game for a long, long time. Now, we didn't fully organize our strategy with all the swag and the lingo and the academy and everything that we have to support it until, you know, late, late 2018, early 2019. Um, but this this story actually goes back to the very beginning. We took a small handful of people. Once we'd had a lot of results, we just closed everything down, and we took a small handful of people, and we said, okay, look, we're going to pour everything into you, and we're going to validate and verify that this strategy actually works no matter who you are, no matter where you started. Ramses was one of those very first people. In fact, in this interview, he talks a little bit about some of those early experiences. So um, if you've ever wanted to be financially free and question whether or not you can do it, then this is a message in a podcast for you. This is going to be a real life story of someone who's been through the gamut. He's he's gone, he's tried lots of different strategies, the fire strategy, our strategy, traditional savings, and everything in between. He's a hard worker. Um, and he's seen the fruits of his labor in the last couple of years by having a focused strategy, uh, thinking like a producer and and really building his mindset, his skill set, and ultimately his network. So my friends, Join me on the podcast. Join me on the interview. Let's dive into the conversation with Ramses. All right, Cashflow Tactics. We are live. We are live today. This is a pleasure. This is an honor. I'm excited because I have an opportunity to talk to really one of my favorite people. Now, if you're live with us inside of Facebook, you get to see his bright, shiny face. If you're listening on the podcast, you get to listen to what surely will be an impactful conversation. But I'm excited and I'm honored to welcome to the podcast, welcome to the Rise Up uh, conversation today, Ramses. Ramses, you want to say what's up to everybody? Thank you so much, Ryan. I'm glad you say I'm one of your favorite people because you are absolutely one of my favorite people, man. Somebody I look up to and uh, you know, you've been a, a lantern and a guiding light for me this entire you know, process of uh, becoming a producer. And uh, I'm glad to be here. So thank you for having me. Heck yeah, man. Uh, first off, before we dive into uh, like the conversation today, I want to start off just by honoring you, Ramses, and, and thanking you. And I, you know, you you work in the healthcare community, and uh, the last couple of years, I know we've got many healthcare warriors inside of our community, and I think the last couple of years, you guys have been tasked with an insane burden of caring for the sick, uh, dealing with lots of regulations and rules, a lot of uncertainty. Um, and so number one, I want to say thank you. I'll, you know, I'll never forget um, one of the conversations I had with you when the pandemic first started, right? You were telling me about like running home after a day on the job and like stripping down naked and like squirting <laughs> sanitizer all over yourself and then going into the house. So man, just your level of, of effort and work to, to taking care of the American public. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service, man. And I know our community echoes that to you. I appreciate that, Ryan. Uh, just for the record, I'm not running back and forth naked anymore, taking my clothes off at the end of the shift. It's calmed down quite a bit, but uh, definitely in the beginning, I appreciate it, man. Well, dude, there was a lot of uncertainty in the beginning. None yeah. of us knew what we were facing. And, and oh, yeah. you know, the news as as bad or as good as it's been, right, well, however you want to look at that, you know, none of us knew what we were facing. And so you 
despite the uncertainty, made the commitment and the choice to walk into the uncertainty to take care of other people. And that is the ultimate, like in my opinion, that's the ultimate uh, manifestation of courage and bravery. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, I want to I want to shift the conversation and really take some of this this idea of courage and bravery into what you've done in Cash Flow Tactics. So I want to kind of take a step back. And number one, um, you were introduced to Cash Flow Tactics by a dear friend of both of ours, Chad Payton. Um, and I remember when when Chad told me about you, um, you were curious, but you were cautiously. Um, I guess you were cautious about the message, right? It didn't sound like all the, the dominoes lined up. So tell us a little bit about how you got into cash flow tactics and what converted your mindset into what you're now doing today. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it, I've had a lot of time over the last couple of years, you know, since 2018 to really think about this story and, and, you know, live through it as it unfolds. But it starts, I would say maybe 2000 and we'll say 2012. Uh, this is long before I met you. I met you sometime, I think, July or April of 27, 2018. Mm -hmm. So this goes back to 2012. You know, I stumbled across an article. It was from some, uh, you know, some like, I think it was Art of Manliness or something. I'm 22, 23 years old at the time. And it said, no, nothing investor. And I remember I was saving some money, uh, you know, living at home. And I said, all right, well, you know, I don't mind investing. I don't really know how to do it. And this guy's saying, you don't need to know anything to invest, you just go stick all your money into a bunch of uh, index funds. And then that led me to a guy named uh, uh, Mr. Money Mustache. So mm -hmm. that I jumped on board the whole FIRE movement, which is, you know, financial independence, retire early, basically shrink yourself to wealth. And okay. And that I want to point that out really quick, guys, because man, Ramsey's your story is so powerful. Okay. Num number one, you, you caught this bug, right? And, and, in many cases, it can be a little bit of a over, like an over-consuming. Once you have this desire to become financially free, for a lot of us, it can take over everything. And if we're if we're not careful, it can take over in a very unhealthy way. You know, the fire movements is fantastic in the sense that it gets people a, a pathway to financial freedom. But you talked about this idea of shrinking your way to financial freedom. What what is entailed in the fire movement, and what did you do over those next couple of years to to get you to, to become financially free? Well, you know, it's so with the fire movement, it it gets to it, the bug hits you. You know, it, it gives you the idea. I think financial freedom, financial independence. If you wrap your head around it, I, I truly believe most, if not everybody, wants some form of that, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't want it now, they're going to retire at sixty-five in their mind. The average American, so they're they're looking for financial freedom, whether it's now or later. I wanted it now, and that article pitched a pretty good message, or, or Mr. Money Mustache pitched a pretty good message to me. I said, oh, I could do this. I don't need to buy the fancy car. I don't even need to drive a car to work. I don't really need a you know a big house. I could live in a one bedroom, one bath or shoot. If I don't have a wife, maybe I go buy a truck and live in the back of the truck to save some money. So that's that whole idea, right? You start thinking of all these ways to speed up the process of getting to financial freedom. And that's what FIRE is, right? Financial independence, retire early. And that's through shrink, uh, shrinking yourself to wealth. So for me, it made a lot of sense, but after about a year, I'd say usually, you know, the, the, that excitement wanes and then you start to realize, man, this is tough. It's going to take me another, you know, five years to save up this money. If I spend even a little bit of money, it's going to take me six years. And if I spend a little bit more money, it's going to take me 10 years. Then you get a girlfriend or a wife. And then all of a sudden now it's going to take 15, 20 years. And you start developing these just, you, 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 you have this battle between, all right, do I spend this and have the happiness now? Or 
do I chase after my goal of financial freedom? And I think it just, it, it's this never ending path, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just trying to shrink yourself. And, and this is something I learned from you guys over the process after meeting Chad and, you know, the story will kind of get to that point at some point, but, uh, you well, I think, I think there's a healthy discipline in what you're talking about, Ramses, because, you know, I think over the last several years, our, our culture in general has swung so far to the other side where every dollar that comes in is earmarked almost before it even comes in. Right. I mean, we right. make decisions as Americans today, oftentimes not on how much something costs, but on what the payment is and can I afford the payment? And it's this whole idea that, look, if I go buy a car that costs $80,000 today and my payment's $500 and I'm paying that payment for the next seven, eight years, then I've traded the next seven, eight years to drive that car, right? I've have to trade right. my time to do that. And so the fire movement kind of brings it back in line to say, look, do you really want or need the car? Does that really help you, you know, A, retire earlier or B, even contribute to your happiness in the present moment? And so it's starting to understand that, you know, money isn't happiness, right? We can't attach meaning and, and, and happiness to money. Money's a tool. Right. And right. Ramses, you took that to heart. You cut, 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 cut. I remember one of our first game plans that we talked about, you know, we, we talk about setting a target and then giving your giving yourself a reward for your work towards that target. And those rewards don't have to be crazy. I remember your first reward was just buying yourself a mattress. Right. So you weren't sleeping on the floor. You had a bed to sleep on. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, I've found in my own personal game plan when I can balance a future-based goal of financial freedom with a present reality that, that I like to live in, it actually drives me harder to stay committed to my game plan, right? If I can work, grind, sacrifice, and then you know have a reward that goes with that, then I find myself becoming more committed to the pathway of financial freedom. And financial freedom isn't a destination that I arrive at. It really morphs into more of a lifestyle. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, I think that's where I was getting caught in that loop with fire method, right? It's, it's you, everything you do today is for tomorrow mm -hmm. where when I compare that and contrast that to the experience I've had through cash with tactics, thinking more like a producer, you know, living these principles from think and grow rich, mm -hmm. uh, financial freedoms. Now this is, it's, it's the, the mindset and how I live my life now I, I'm doing, I'm making decisions for today, not tomorrow. And the yeah. decisions make today will make tomorrow easier, but I'm living in the now as opposed to with fire method. It was just, and, and I agree, you know, it, it makes you think about your purchases, but I was, I, I couldn't get around the idea that anything, any decision I made that took me away from that goal, it would bring some, it would bring a negative response in my own mind. You know, it, it, I, I couldn't, after a while, it was starting to affect just my day-to-day my day-to-day -day happiness yeah and at the end of the day guys as well i mean you have to really get clear on what financial freedom means right because it you know one of the challenges with with the path that you were on to financial freedom is let's say you shrank your way to financial freedom let's say you cut your budget down to where i don't know it's two thousand dollars a month and you built up a big enough asset base that could generate two thousand dollars a month of income for you right is that the lifestyle that you want to live is that the lifestyle that you want to continue on into perpetuity and for most people that's not that might be a means to an end but it's not the end in and of itself and so you know i think the more healthy approach to taking is is really 
taking that discipline of saying, look, here's what I want and I'm willing to push and sacrifice towards it, but then building cash flow and expanding your means as you're able to expand your cash flow along with it. And I, I like, I've, I've just been really fun watching your transition over the years. I remember the first game plan that we did, we walked, walked through your targets, your vault, you know, real estate, kind of give us a, um, give, give us a little bit of an insight into that interaction that we had when we did your game plan and you move from the fire movement to the cash flow tactic strategy and what you've done since. Actually, uh, just before we answer that question, I just wanted to say one more thing. And this is something that I think people don't realize the difference between the fire method and let's say the producer revolution that the idea that you guys pitch in, in cash flow tactics, fire method in general, it constrains your goals, you don't think big. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it back then I could only think about saving as much money as I could by not doing more. And then now with the producer revolution, I, you know, I, I'm, we've started a turnkey company, you know, I'm looking to buy a medical transport business. And I didn't think about it at the time when I was in the fire method, because all I could focus on was just saving as much money as I could. And then now I spend way more money than I did before, make more money than I did before and see way more opportunity to bring value to people. And then, you know, it, it, the, the statement is true that you guys say in cash flow tactics, dollars follow value. Mm -hmm. So it, it just, it constrains your ability to want to bring value to people, the fire method. I love that. And, and guys, as you're listening to this, let me give you, let me give you just a simple tactic here. Okay. Um, you know, I think the quality of our life is in direct proportion to the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. Right. And I think a lot of us, we just get comfortable not asking ourselves any questions. Right. I mean, we kind of grow up in a world of yes and no. And if it's no, then our mind shuts off. Right. It's, it's whether it's fair or not, whether we deserve it or not. Like if we're told no, it's just no. Um, in, in the, in a scarcity approach, you know, the fire movement of cutting back is, can I, or should I, right? Not, not can it, should I, should I buy this thing? Should I make this expenditure? And if the answer is yes or no, then it, your mind just shuts, shuts off at that point. However, on the flip side, Ramsey is what you've opened yourself up to is asking yourself more quality questions. If you want something, it's not, should I, yes or no, it's how can I? And it opens your mind up to starting exactly. to solve the problem of saying, I want this thing. How can I grow a business, grow my revenue, increase my portfolio, or do whatever is necessary to get the thing that I want? And just at shifting the way you talk to yourself. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but like shifting the way you talk to yourself will make all the difference in what your mind consciously and subconsciously works on for the solutions. Absolutely. I think Napoleon Hill was right when, you know, in all the messages he put and I, you know, I heed them every day more, you know, morning I wake up and I say exactly what I want. And then right before I go to bed, I say exactly what I want. Mm. And then my mind just keeps shifting. So, uh, you know, so in respects to the question you asked, uh, you were asking, so in the initial game plan, and I'm sorry, can you hit me with the question one more time? Yeah. So when we did your initial game plan, we shifted from the scarcity, should I, to how can I, we shifted into really starting to buy assets. We pulled money out of the markets. We set up your vault. We started buying real estate. So walk me through that transition of, okay, this is the approach I'm taking, the fire method to, I'm no longer investing in the stock market. I'm going to put money in a vault, put money in real estate. What were some of the hurdles you had to get over to get your mind around doing that? Honestly, the, the, the hurdles weren't that hard to get over. And here's why. Uh, by that point, so like I said, it was 20, around 2012 when I decided I was going to go into the fire move, uh, method. 
And it was about 2018 when I had met Chad and discovered that he was doing something completely different than what I was doing. And I thought I was doing something completely different than what the average person was doing. I knew what the average person was doing didn't work. And I knew what I was doing sounded good, but wasn't working. And I knew what Chad, or I could tell, I didn't know yet, but I could tell that what Chad was doing was completely different and seemed to be working. So that transition, so in 2012 to 2018, six years, I was already pretty burnt out from the fire method. I couldn't afford a house here, even if I wanted to, that I live in the Bay Area. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the savings, it was like just one after another. And, you know, or one, at, one problem after another. You have a car problem, there goes, you know, a year of, of uh, financial independence. So I had already burnt out by that point uh, with the fire method, although I was still stuck, I was still stuck in that paradigm. Uh, so Chad and I started talking. He, I remember I was sitting down at one of the computers. We worked at a uh, 911 helicopter agency. He was a pilot and I was the, uh, the paramedic on the helicopter. And I was looking for a house to buy in the area. And I just, I'd, you know, I'd look every day or, you know, every few days while I was on shift. And I remember him walking over one day and asked, he, said, he asked if I was uh, looking for a house. I said, yes, I am, but I can't afford it. That's what I said. And he says, uh, well, sure you can. You know, why don't you buy an investment property? I said, I can't afford a house. There's no way I can afford an investment property. And when I met him a few months before, about seven or eight months before, when I first got hired there, he had, I remember, I remembered he had said something to the tune that he had two properties. I didn't think anything of it. I figured some people, you know, their parents pass away, they leave a property, they own a property. Two properties wasn't really anything that raised, uh, you know, anybody's eyebrows. But seven months later, when we're having this conversation, when he approached me about while I was looking at Zillow, he said he had seven properties. So I remember thinking, dude, what the heck are you doing, man? I don't understand. I'm pretty sure we make the same amount of money, but how do you afford seven properties? Do I need to go quit being a medic and become a pilot? That obviously wasn't the answer, you know, so we start, I start asking questions. I start asking him, okay, so what are you doing? How, where are you buying these houses? How are you buying these houses? Why are you buying these houses? And it, it immediately clicked within the first 30 minutes of the conversation. He says, well, I buy these properties. They, you know, they kick off about $300 of profit per door. That was very easy to get in 2018. Mm -hmm. A little bit more difficult now, but if you, I think if you work on it, you can easily get that. But it clicked in that moment, $300 a door. And I realized, I said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. If I'm, if I know how to save money now, and I had been sitting on a, on a, on a decent pot of cash at that time. So I said, well, I'll just go buy a bunch of properties and do exactly what you're doing. So I, he, he gave me a few books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Infinite Banking Concept. That part was a little hard for me to wrap my head around at the time. But that's the, uh, you know, the whole life uh, insurance and, and your vaults. But it, at that point, it clicked. And I said, all right, I need to do that. So that hurdle wasn't difficult to get over. The hardest hurdle to get over, honestly, was when he said, Hey, I'm buying these properties from, you know, some guys on the internet. And that part was hard for me to get over. But after three or four months of doing my own research, I went and bought my own property. It took a world of effort to do. And by that point, by the time I bought my first property and did it on my own, cause I didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, just blindly trusting somebody. I mean, you, you, you're told the, you know, you don't trust anybody on the internet. So I remember thinking, okay, it took me four months to buy this property, a lot of stress, a lot of cold, uh, you know, uh, cold feet. I'd put in an offer and then I'd get nauseated and pull the offer back out. <laughs> and I remember my wife, my wife, Andrea, she said, she's like, dude, you just got to get the property. Like you, you can't keep putting in offers and pulling them out. 
So I finally bought that property. I remember sweating and doing all, you know, just, just feeling the feeling of like, I just bought a house that I've never seen from a company that wasn't just, you know, it was, it was a pretty reputable company. It was Roofstock. And I collected that first rent check. And I remember being super excited, going to Chad and saying, here's my closing disclosure. He compares his closing disclosure with my closing disclosure. And he said, this is a property that Jimmy just sent me. So, and, and, and I'm going to highlight one piece after, after I finish this part, but we compared it and I said, okay, I'm sold. Just connect me with those guys. I want to, I want to be in with that group. I want to, I want to hang out with Ryan and whoever the heck you're hanging out with. And I think that was the reality that I had his diff, the difference between him and I was he had relationships built mm. and he trusted those relationships and he was getting properties fed them. Ah, I, I didn't know how to do that yet. You know, I didn't know how to do that yet. So at that time, I, I just couldn't trust it. Yeah, I couldn't trust it. And that moment that us comparing those two closing disclosures was the moment that was the hurdle that I had to get over. And once I did that, I said, all right, I'm going to go in. I bought, you know, I, I bought into the whole cash flow tactics message. And that was probably that that was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Mm, I love it, man. So many gold nuggets in like that little transition there that that was so monumental and pivotal in the way you think about money, see money, and now are operating in your own life. And really the results that it's been able to help you accomplish. I want to kind of point out three specific things. Okay. So number one, inside, you talked about this idea of the producer revolution. And we talk about this all the time. I believe that all of us are simply one mindset, one skill set, and or one connection away from a radically different life. And we don't ever get to the point where we've got all the mindsets, all the skill sets, and all the connections that we ever need. And so it's a, it's a constant evolution. And you, Ramses, you found yourself over a course of years to invest in your mindsets that led you from traditional finance to the FIRE method, from the FIRE method to the cash flow tactics method, but you invested heavily in your mindset, right? Then you took that mindset and you took it out of your head and you put it into the real world, right? You said, okay, how does this whole thing of buying real estate in the Midwest from a company that I've never done business with work? And as scary as that is, you had to go from maybe having an element of faith and confidence to having a degree of certainty by taking action, taking the mindset and transacting and doing something with it in the real world. And after you did that first transaction, you knew you would learn lessons that you could have never, ever, ever, ever learned any other way. Not from what Chad said, not from what Cashflow Tactics says. You had to experience it to learn it. So mindset, skill set, and then the fastest way to accelerate your results is your network, right? And Chad was the very first beginning of that network for you. He helped give you a sense of belief that if a helicopter pilot can do it, you can do it, right? And that network then led into so many amazing things that are, are even transitioning in your life right now. So, man, guys, if you're listening to this, wherever you're at, know that you are one mindset, skill set, and or connection away from a radically different life. And what is it that you need to invest in and take action on to transition the results that you're experiencing in your life? Love that. So Ramses, you went from buying your first house and over the course of the next couple of years, you scaled your portfolio. Kind of walk us through the excitement and the challenges of going from one house to over 10. Yeah. So it's actually, so I've gone, you know, I went pretty far forward. So I bought my first house, collected my first rent check. And that was my, my addiction to real estate right there. Collecting that rent check, just getting that first $300 of profit was the, it was the easiest money I'd ever made other than the fact that I'd spent a lot of stress trying to get to that point. But I understood that in that moment, that check was going to deliver every time that I had a tenant in that property. And that as long as I have that property, there would be a tenant in it. Obviously, with the with the exception of turnovers, but 
I realized in that moment that I needed to now deploy the remaining capital that I had. So we had about $120,000 in 2018, not including our IRAs and uh, not including our IRAs. So we went and deployed all of that 120,000, not including reserves either, and bought three more properties in 2018. So we had a total of four. Then we bought two more, and then we ultimately got to 10 properties. And one of those properties, this is this is the beautiful thing about real estate. And I kept hearing all my coworkers talk about crypto and stocks, and they made a couple thousand here and a couple thousand there. And that first property that I bought, that was in Indianapolis, 2316 Harrod Court, mm. bought that property for $91,000 in 2018, July of 2018. Roofs. I bought it through Roofstock. Roofstock came back to me, uh, I think, sometime, either early last year or late last year. I don't remember now. But they offered me 135000 cash. <laughs> yeah, I and love so, that. Yeah, so I said, yeah. And, and it, they, they literally sent me an email. I didn't reach out to them. I wasn't trying to sell the property. None of that. I was collecting checks. Every The, the rent had already been raised. I had a good tenant in there. Hadn't really done much of a make ready on the first uh, on the first uh, make ready that I had to do. So I was collecting cash, saving on taxes. And then all of a sudden I got this random email from Roofstock saying, hey, we want to buy your property for 130, you know, 130 plus. And so I sold it to them and 1031 exchanged that property into two more properties in St. Louis. So I just I think about all of that. And, you know, it's just I, I hear the people talk about crypto and I go real estate is just the absolute way to go. You know, you're making money today. You make money tomorrow when you sell it. And you're, you're saving money everywhere else because every dollar earned in real estate gets pretty much written off. So as far as our portfolio goes, we got to 10, 1031 exchange that. And then I just had this this hungry bug inside of me, this entrepreneurial like fire that started. And you and I have really talked about this over the last year, and you've been absolutely, you know, instrumental in, in helping me cross this bridge. Uh, and we, I've been wanting to start a transport company for for a while, at least the last two or three years. I've been a paramedic for the last uh, eleven years, and I, you know, I've, I've just I've seen that I, I, I know I could deliver that model, and I want to build something of my own. So we have a lot of we had a lot of capital tied up in our turnkey properties. So what we've decided to do is take a step back on the turnkey properties and we've sold a handful of them to unleash some capital. So that way we can go and buy, buy a business or start our own transport company business with the idea, the underlying goal always being we want passive income. So we, we make more active income. We focus on the B quadrant. That's from the, uh, you know, the cash flow quadrant, Robert Kiyosaki. We can focus on that business quadrant, make some more money then we can really double down on the I quadrant, which is the investor quadrant. Um, and that's where our passive real estate portfolio is at. So Ramses, I don't know if you realize this, but dude, you're, you're dropping so many gold nuggets in here. I mean, we could like take one statement that you make and do an entire course on it, but let's, let's, I want to talk about the transport company. I want to just highlight a couple of things that you said in your portfolio. Okay. So guys, for, for those of you listening, you know, we talk a lot about this idea of financial freedom in 10 years or less. And I believe anyone that follows a system, and I'm saying this word very, very importantly, system, can achieve this. Because one of the biggest challenges with crypto and all these little one-off successes is it's not a system. 
right? Unless I have an asset that kicks off predictable cash flow that I can that I can count on, that I can impact, then it's not a system. I might win it today and I might lose it tomorrow, right? And so that's one of the challenges with most people chasing all of these one-off things is they can't predict it and they can't scale it in a way that it's going to give them a systematic return. Now, Ramses, you focused on what we call the four pillars, right? And you highlighted a few of the elements in the four pillars. The four pillars are when you invest, you should be able to make money if you invest the right way in four se se separate distinct ways within an investment. Appreciation, right? I can't control appreciation. You can't control appreciation, but you experienced appreciation by holding onto an asset from 2008 to, or 18 to 2020 or 2022. So the asset appreciated. But while it was appreciating, it generated a positive income stream, cash flow every single month. You mentioned a little bit about the tax advantage, right? You, the money that you're receiving, you get to write off because of the asset that you own. It gives you tax advantages. And you got to take the $120,000 that you had. And rather than buying $120,000 worth of stock or crypto, you could take that $120,000 and, and use leverage. And now yeah. take that money and turn it into a much bigger asset base. So leverage, tax deductions, appreciation, and cash flow, all of those returns were stacked on top of each other within your, within your portfolio. Now your dollar, the thing that you're trading your time for, is working four times harder than it was in the beginning. So guys, that's how it, there's no magic behind this, right? And when Ramsey says real, real estate is one of the greatest wealth creators, that's true, right? It's one of the greatest wealth creators because it has the four pillars. And if you can build a system around the four pillars, you can, no matter where you start, whether you're following the fire movement, you're stuck at a corporate job, or you're just starting out, you can become financially free in 10 years or less. And Ramsey, it's been so fun watching your pathway because, you know, I think as you grew your confidence inside of your investing, you realized that a faster way to double down on that accelerator was to be a better producer, right? And being a better producer is taking your unique gifts, skills, talents, and abilities and using them in the world. Whether you start a business like Ramsey's is getting ready to do, or you become a better entrepreneur. And I, I believe for most of us, the best pathway is to be a better entrepreneur, to make a bigger difference in the game that you're currently playing and make more money as a result, right? And you've done all of those things. So Ramsey's, if you could go back and tell yourself back in 2012, when you got this bug of wanting to be financially free, if you can go back and give yourself the greatest lesson that you've learned over the last decade, what would you say that is? You know, I think I don't, I would tell myself something different than I would tell someone else, honestly, because I, I was hungry for something bigger and something different than the average. I just didn't know where to find it. As soon as I, as soon as I met Chad, it didn't take much for me. It took a little bit for me to understand, you know, to trust something that I didn't know, but I, I, I know for me, taking action wasn't the issue for me. Having faith was the issue, but I was able to get around that because I knew Chad was doing it. I knew somebody that, that I trusted, somebody that I had a relationship with was doing it. So it's interesting that you ask, I, I would tell myself buy real estate. <laughs> But I would tell most people, because I have this conversation, that question, I feel like gets asked very regularly of what do you need to do to do, you know, what we're doing, right? To be producers, buy real estate, financial, you know, freedom, purpose-driven life, that, that, you know, that, those concepts, that didn't take a lot for me to wrap my head around. Once I saw the opportunity, I said, okay, I'm going to follow that. I was willing to do that. And to me, that was faith and action. Mm -hmm. I just, I had to figure out what I wanted first. 
But I would tell people, I, I just, just straight from think and grow rich. You need to figure out what you want. You need to have unwavering faith about it. And most importantly, you need to take action. Action's the piece that, that I see. I've had this conversation over the last three years, maybe 500 times with coworkers, family members, friends, you know, they see me on, you know, like a podcast or they see me talking about, or they hear me talking about real estate and they ask these questions and only a handful of them, only a handful of them take action. You know, only a handful of them spend time reading the books and figuring out what they want and then having faith that they're going to accomplish it. So for me, I would tell myself, get into real estate because I know that I, I, I'm relatively certain that I would have been willing to when I was uh, back in 2012. I would have figured out had this opportunity presented itself. I just got lucky that Chad happened to walk across the room and comment on the Zill on you know Zillow. But I was I feel like at that moment I was waiting for just the opportunity to come to me. I was going to take action, but just for the for this anybody I meet in person when they ask about this these concepts, I say you gotta you gotta take action. You gotta have faith and you gotta know what you want. And I believe Chad coming into your life wasn't a coincidence, right? You were ready. You were ready to see it. You were ready to take action. And I think that's when we when we give our mind something to focus on. And I, I'm going to say this for not just your conscious mind, but your subconscious mind as well. It's the whole blue car thing, right? If I decide I'm going to buy a blue whatever, a blue, uh, what kind of cars they make today? Blue Ford Mustang, right? If that's what I just said I'm going to buy, then now when I'm driving down the road, there could be four, you know, blue Ford Mustangs passing me every single day, but I won't see it because my mind isn't fixated on this thing. But it, when my mind's fixated on this thing, now if I'm driving down the freeway, you know, 70 miles an hour and on the other side of the freeway going the opposite direction, a, a Ford, a blue Ford Mustang drives by, guess what I'm going to see? I'm going to see that Mustang. I've given my mind something to focus on. And this is the power of your subconscious mind, my friends. When you give it something to go get, it will go get it for you. So what this ultimately means is just what Ramsey says. If you haven't given it anything to go get, what is that going to reflect inside of your life? Or worse yet, if you've given it scarcity, all the things that you don't want, all the problems that you're facing, if that's what you're constantly fixed on, what is your mind going to give you more of? More problems, more scarcity. Right. So guys, man, Ramsey's what you just said, that's got to be the ultimate gold nugget dropped on a podcast. Get clear about what you want. In in the book that that uh, Ramsey's is referencing, Think and Grow Rich, he talks about it as a major definite aim. Get a vision for your life. Get clear on what you want. Then take action on that. And your action in the beginning, Ramsey's, is it perfect? Is it like the like the first time you went out to be an investor? Were you like the most elite investor in the entire world? Not at all. No, no, you learn as you go. And it's it's the school of real life. And I think today, guys, we've been so conditioned. We live in a digital world, right? I mean, virtual reality is taking over. You don't have to take action. You don't have to live a real life. You don't have to put your feet on the ground, right? You can live in this virtual reality and that's not where life is. My friends, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to take action. Ramses, that's the thing I love most about your story is Despite the odds, despite the fear, despite the uncertainty, you've taken action incrementally and it's led you down a path to where now you're in a position where you're willing and ready to walk away from a career that you've worked in and loved your entire life to start a business. You've put yourself in a position to make bigger decisions, to face bigger problems and to chase down bigger dreams. Ramsey's, that's awesome. I love it, man. So I have one final question. Actually, before we do this, we've got so many comments coming in Facebook. Um, Vincent's giving you the high five. Ramsey's is crushing it, uh, harnessing the momentum. Scott Saunders says Ramsey's crushing it. Rob, 
that is amazing. Um, pilot training people. <laughs> yeah, man. So many good people in here, guys. If you're watching, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in our Facebook community, you need to get in our Facebook community. But Ramsey's a uh, couple of last questions for you. Okay. Um, number one, today I think your vision of what financial freedom is, it's evolved, it's changed, and that's a good thing, right? It doesn't have to be a scarcity thing. But for you, as you look at this idea of financial freedom, what does that mean for you today after the years of experience of both taking action action towards it and then also living a version of it? You know, it's interesting. I'm actually going to start the answering that question by I remember when you asked me that question on the first the first time I went to one of the masterminds. I don't know if it was Empire yet. It was very beginning. It felt there was like 20 of us. And you had asked me, you said, welcome, Ramses. You know, what does financial freedom mean to you? And I, I didn't really know what it meant. I knew what financial freedom, the idea was, but I didn't know what my idea of financial freedom meant. So I remember answering the question, something to the tune of, uh, well, you know, I want to work like when I want to, and I, I want to be a paramedic and that's, yeah, I don't want to have to work if I don't want to. I remember something just jarbled and nervously said, and that has evolved each and every day since I've thought about it and financial freedom. And I've said this before to you, finance, I, I'm, although I can't just quit working, I can't just quit doing what I'm doing now. I feel, I truly feel financially free right now. Mm -hmm. And to me, financial freedom, the definition obviously is cash flow greater than expenses. But to me, financial freedom, financial independence just means I, you know, I want it like I want to live a life to my fullest potential. And I want to make sure that every opportunity that I, I was able to experience, I experience. And I don't want to shrink myself like I did with the fire method. So to me, financial freedom is just chasing after chasing after the opportunities that line up with my definite chief aim, what I want and, you know, what's what's best for my family. So it's it's not as it's not as a you know as a one plus one equals two for me anymore it's just am i living the life that i want to live heck yeah man and i love that and i've loved watching you evolve your definition and your life to match that so the last question i have for you because i think this is a really important one you started there i started in the same spot like i was so consumed with this idea of financial freedom and it was still this future-based cause that i was chasing after and i kept telling myself when I have whatever X, Y, Z, then I will give myself permission to spend money today, to go on a vacation, to buy a house, to whatever, right? To enjoy my life in the moment. But any, any goal setter, guys, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a lot like me, a lot like Ramsey's, a lot like most of the people in our community. You want more for your life and you're not afraid of doing the work to get it. You're willing to go do the work to get it. But that's a very dangerous position for people like us to get into, right? Because when we have a goal, Oftentimes we can put like narrow blinders on and say, nothing's going to get in the way of this goal. I'm going to go get it. So when you have the goal of financial freedom, but you also want to live in an abundance today, how have you and Andrea, and by the way, Andrea is Ramsey's beautiful wife. They just barely had their first child and uh, she wasn't able to be on the podcast today because apparently being a mother is a full-time job. Andrea, wherever you're at, thank you for being an awesome mother. Um, <laughs> But how have you and Andrea balanced out this future-based cause of growing your wealth, growing your cash flow, building a business, all these financial objectives that you have, but living more abundantly and more presently in the present moment? You know, it's, it was actually tougher in the beginning because there was there was certainly a transition period from the fire method to to this, you know, from scarcity to abundance. Uh, and I hear some of your guys' stories, you know, your story with the picture frame and Bethany 
And I completely relate, you know, where you, I remember you saying something like you, you guys got in an argument over a picture frame and how much it costs. And, and I've had the same experience. I don't, I'm sure for many different things. And I've also had the same experience where maybe I didn't vocalize something to Andrea that it bothered me, but it would just, you know, if she purchased something or I bought something that was a little bit more expensive than I wanted to spend money on, I would feel it. And that was even after trying to embrace the abundance mindset. And, you know, every now and then I'll slip back into it. I, I think it's, it's it, you know, you're, you're ebbing and flowing, but I noticed that I spend more time, almost almost all of my time in that abundance mindset. I still live within my means. I'm not, you know, going out buying things that I can't afford. Uh, but the formula to me is simple. It's, you know, I, I, I either buy more, I go create more value to live more abundantly. And to me, creating more value is exponentially easier than it is to shrink myself because you can only shrink yourself so much, right? You can only, if I'm spending $2,500 of rent and $1,000 on groceries, the only thing I have left to really cut back on are, are spending, you know, like the shopping spending, maybe coffee, maybe a couple of restaurants. That's, I mean, unless you're out there doing $10,000 a month, I mean, there's, there's only so much you can shrink yourself there. And on creating value, you know, with our turnkey company, this is uh, this is our little shirt here. It's, I've got our goal is to have right here twenty two properties for twenty twenty two sold. So, dude, if, dude, you're taking goal setting to a whole new level. You're not just riding it <laughs> down; you're wearing your goal. It's like a bat. Like you're so, Superman cape under there. <laughs> so the idea being, you know, it's like if we're creating value through that turnkey company. We're creating value through the, the transport business we want to create, right? If it just means we need to go figure out how to build our systems so that we sell 44 pro or 46 properties in 2023, then that's what we need to do. You know, as long as it lines up with our definite chief aim, then, then to me, the creating value part's the easiest part. Now that I've allowed myself and given myself the permission through what I've learned through Cashflow Tactics, to go out and do that, right? To go out and spend the money. To go out and spend uh, part of the uh, part of the transport business. We've spent fifteen thousand dollars on a coach to help us find a business and help a, you know somebody who's, who's specialized in wheelchair and gurney transport to help us navigate that. I would have never even considered spending one hundred and fifty dollars on uh, anything, you know. So that has allowed us permission to. Uh, it, we've given ourselves permission to just go out and do those types of things. And to me, creating value is the way to do that. That's, that's how you live in abundance. I love that. I love that. And man, Ramsey is so much, so much value that you bring to this community. You are a leader in the community. And I want to just acknowledge again, and thank you for your, your example that you've set that you, anyone, anyone can do this, right? You can go from sleeping on the floor <laughs> to exactly. sleeping on a mattress and beyond to a, then investing in a coach and all the other things. You've got so many comments going on in the Facebook community. Everyone loves and appreciates you, Ramses. So my man, I want to just honor you one more time. Thank you for your service as a medical provider. Thank you for your um, commitment to your game plan. And thank you for being a beacon of light and hope for so many other people in this community, just as Chaz was for you. And guys, you know, one of the main questions I get from people is how do I share this? How do I share this message with my friends, with my family? And guys, there's a lot of ways to share the message. But I think the best way to share the message is with your results, right? I mean, Chad, the one who shared the message with Ramsey's in a casual, you know, drop said, hey, I, I have two properties. And then five months later, I have seven properties. Like his results is what piqued Ramsey's interest and said, tell me how, tell me how you're doing that. So my friends, 
Um, I want to thank you for listening to the Rise Up Lift Free podcast. Ramses, I want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your story today. Um, wherever you're at, guys, wherever you're at, one of the things that helps us out the most with this podcast is you sharing it with other people, like-minded individuals. This is like Ramses, right? When Ramses had his mind set to what he wanted to achieve, he could see the things lining up for him. So if you have someone out there that wants to be financially free, that might be stuck, that might um, want to find a better way inside of their finances, please share this podcast. If anyone can share hope, it's Ramses. Ramses, thanks again for coming on today, my man. Uh, we will, I'm sure, do this again as you start your your medical support business or your medical transport business and see how that that line of your journey takes you and where it takes you. You down Thank for that? So much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be on this podcast. And uh, anytime you guys want to invite me, I'll be back. I, I'd, I'd love to share the story and help anybody out. And, you know, if this message gets to somebody and they're at the point that I was at, you know, when Chad walked up to me, uh, their their life is literally just one happenstance event away from being completely shifted into you know something something so much better so heck yeah heck yeah well my friends thank you for listening to the podcast today ramses thank you Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less? Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working, and interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join. I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.